0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Al 954 brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. If you're listening on the podcast feeds, welcome into Five on the Floor. If it's Dash Radio, this is just a continuation of an episode. If you're listening on Google Podcasts, or on iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or any of those, this is a brand new episode of Five on the Floor after the Miami Heat lost to the Toronto Raptors in their second bubble game. We advise you to also check out 5 which is free for all of the recaps about that game by our guy, Brady Hawk. Also check out one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Louis Peters. He's at State Farm, an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the entire United States. They've got more than 60 years combined experience in that office in the insurance industry. These are local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. They've got access 24-7 if you call in or you click in. Again, it's louispeters.com, L-U-I-S-P-E-T, ers.com com or 305-275-5585 personalized service tailored to every single customer. There are no cookie cutter solutions and in insurance. So you shouldn't be treated that way at all. Based right here in Miami, Mr. Peters is a big South Florida sports fan. Again, the phone number is 305-275-5585 or louispeters.com. All right, back here on five on the floor. If you listened to the other episode on the podcast feeds, that was with Alex Toledo. Now I've got Alphonse Sidney. We're going to get to your eye test. Uh, you were with us on a lot of the feeds today. We were doing some streams on our YouTube channel. Everybody should check that out. Um, let's go to just sort of general impressions of the game, whether in your view this was a performance that should be looked back on positively, or if you're just taking from it the result, and then we'll get to your eye test.
0: Um, I think it was overall positive, right? Like um You had a situation where we were very, very concerned about the Heat's defense going into the bubble, right? And then the last game, I believe it was against the Grizzlies. Yeah, it was the Grizzlies. that They just looked really underwhelming defensively. Uh, These first two games, they played a couple teams that can score, and they haven't really – I mean, they barely allowed over 100 points to each of these teams. Um, the, The problem that I see more is offensively, but I think it's probably a, a situation where they focus so much on defense that the offense has suffered. Um, this was a way bigger test because you had two guards. You had two point guards that are probably two top 12, 15 point guards in the NBA. And we all have, we've all talked exhaustively about point of attack defense. And what you saw tonight is that um, the move to put Jay Crowd in the starting lineup kind of allows you – to take Jimmy Butler and put him on one of those guys. And it allows you in the second unit to take Andre Godala to put him on one of those two guys. The problem tonight is they had two of those guys, and Kendrick Nunn, you can't hide him anywhere when you have Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry out there. And we saw what happened to Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn got absolutely cooked. And the thing is, Kendrick Nunn getting cooked is 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 a problem but it's less of a problem if he's giving you 15 to 17 points on the other end. Yeah. If he's not doing that, he's not giving you anything offensively. He is a huge liability out there. Do I think that this is going do I think that he can fix it? Yeah, because Kendrick Nunn has shown over and over how resilient he is and how quickly he can adapt and learn and change. And I think he's going to show us that. But uh, tonight – today, right – uh which yeah. is weird to say on a monday <laughs>
1: today he uh he showed us that he's just he, he he wasn't very good he really wasn't okay so before we again get your eye test i want to, uh, us to elaborate on this just a little bit because i i asked alex that was one of the three points we we got to uh, when he and i talked about the game was the Nundragic conundrum and who you start and he went off the board and said hero Are we at that stage, or when will we be at that stage where a change needs to be made to the starting lineup? And if a change is made, which guy?
0: The problem with starting Hero, and you said it on Twitter, is that uh, Dragic and Nunn together is not a good combination. Hero defensively to me tonight, today, geez, I'm getting that wrong. I'm going to keep getting that wrong. Uh, Hero to me today was actually good defensively. Like He wasn't a liability. He he was where he was supposed to be. that seventeen, the, the seventeen point lead that they built up, in, that the Raptors built up in the third, you couldn't put that on Hero or any of those guys. It was just, it was just really a lot of Fred Van Vliet, right? And that was not on Hero. Um, so to me, when you put if if you uh, start Hero and then you have Dragic and Nunn coming off the bench, now you have a whole another problem when it, as far as it comes to uh, defending opposing backcourts. And I really I, I really like what Dragic brings to that second unit because he is overwhelming to other second units. I don't know if none is overwhelming to second units on other teams. Maybe he'd be more comfortable, but I don't think he overwhelms other, other uh, backup point guards the way that Goran Dragic does. So I think you're taking something away from that bench, and that bench has done really well in since they've been in the bubble, even through scrimmages in the first two games. Um, they outscored – the raptors bench but i don't know how many points today
1: so well, they're out they outscored their starting lineup that no they, 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 yeah, they, bench, the, they yeah they no, outscored their yeah no no the, 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 be- the heat bench outscored the heat starting lineup today yeah um be- between olinic Dragic, and hero but see th- this is the thing all of the combinations are problematic right okay so if if you start none and he's not giving you anything then you run into what we've discussed which is uh you know that you know, he, he becomes a liability. If you start Dragic, you're taking him off the second unit, which means you're putting Dragic and Jimmy together, who do have a chemistry, but you're leaving yourself without ball handlers on the second unit unless you're going to stagger the lineups a lot. So that's problematic. Um, and, and then also, you know, but the one positive there is none in Hero have a natural chemistry that came from summer league. So you might be able to rebuild that a little bit. Uh, with the two of them together but again you're taking Dragic off as the catalyst if you start hero which I think is where this is going next year okay which seems like it's you know right around the corner If you start hero then you do have the problem which I've talked about many times and you mentioned I tweeted which is that Dragic and Nun don't play well together which means then you're basically making a choice of taking Nunn almost out of the rotation entirely which is something I, I don't think you want to do. I, the one other thing is, and I kind of know where you're going with your eye test today, so I don't want to get too much in that area. But the other thing today is Spolstra has talked a lot about he's going to play more and more and more guys. And today he played only nine. I mean, I don't count that Derek Jones Jr. thing. He played nine. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we have said, is, are Der, is Derek or Myers going to be the odd guy out, depending on who they're playing and what kind of Eric has in mind that day? Well, both were the odd guys out today. And the point that was made by some on Twitter and otherwise, is that, you know, the one real strength that Derek Jones Jr. has shown is his ability to guard the point of attack. And could you have, maybe instead of Iguodala, maybe instead of that extra nun stint um, that they had, could, couldn't you have maybe played Derek Jones Jr. there and, you know, tried to at least put some length against Van Bleet and see if that worked?
0: I mean, uh, Iguodala played well i th- i thought Iggy dog played well when he came in i don't like, i don't have a problem with iggy's uh iggy's minutes um i don't like whether it was iggy or, or derrick jones jr i'm not sure which one would have played better but i don't think those guys were the problem um but I, I think what you some of what you said and some of what we're talking to kind of lends to my eye test so let's get into the eye test Tired of P E R, EFG, QBR, PDQ, and QVC. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, ditch the calculators and spreadsheets and check out the only stat that truly matters. It's time for Alf's eye test. Alright, so the eye test for me today was, and Ethan, me and you talked about this a little bit offline, that looking at the heat tonight, looking at the heat today, today, and looking at the heat from Saturday, the they're not going to be able to survive long stretches without Jimmy, Bam, or Goron on the floor because those are the three best guys that they have that initiate offense. Um, and like I, like I said today, when none is not giving you anything offensively, keeping them out there is a huge liability, right? So if you add Goron Dragic to the starting lineup, at some point, you're going to have to have all three of those guys off of the floor and let's say they're blowing, blowing a team out like they were blowing out Denver. It's not a big deal. But if you're in a close game in the fourth quarter or you're in a close game throughout and you're playing one of the elite teams in the East, like you have to have one of those three guys on the floor. And today when I noticed it the most is that when I felt like in the fourth quarter, uh, Spo was sticking with the lineup that, got, that took back the lead a little bit too long, which we've talked about a lot of times with Spo. that sometimes he'll ride a hot hand for a little bit too long. And then with about eight minutes left in the fourth on the floor and bringing Kendrick Nunn. So now Goron, Jimmy, and Bam are sitting. And for about two minutes, the Raptors outscored the Heat by eight points and went up five or six. And that was pretty much, they rode that lead throughout the rest of the game. We all talk about the, the flagrant and we talk about the refs. We talk about Jimmy and crunch time. I think that game could have turned when the Heat were up two or three and if if you're going to take out Gorn, put either Jimmy or Bam in and, and have a guy initiating the offense that's more capable of a Kendrick Nunn and then defensively gives you something uh, where Kendrick Nunn wasn't giving you a lot. So my eye test says that the Heat cannot survive extended minutes with Bam, Jimmy, and uh, Dragic all on the bench at the same time. We've talked a lot about who the three best players are. I think you can make a strong case that Duncan Robinson is more important to them than Goran Dragic, but Duncan Robinson can't do it by himself, mm-hmm. right? Duncan, Duncan Robinson relies so much on the other guys that you have to play somebody who can initiate and somebody can get him something. Remember the first shot that Duncan Robinson hit today was what? A dribble handoff from Bam. It was almost mm-hmm. like the comfort zone was there. So that, that's my eye test, that those guys need to be on the floor, at least one of them at all times.
1: I'm with you, and and I tweeted it at the time. And actually, if you're to make a choice of which minutes you want to try to survive, I'm more comfortable with surviving the no Bam, no Jimmy minutes than I am surviving the no Jimmy, no gro- Drogic minutes. I, yes. I just, I, I just don't, I don't think they have the other guys who can trigger their offense. I mean, I'm looking at the assist numbers today, and on the surface, it looks pretty good because I mean they had they had 29 assists okay against 14 turnovers that's not a bad ratio and you look at the assists they were spread out Iguodala had 5 Dragic had 5 Jimmy had 5 Bam had 4 uh, you got 3 from Crowder you had a couple you know 3 from Hero a couple from Nun and a couple from Olinick so everybody who played I mean I don't again I don't count the Derrick Jones Jr one foul in 30 seconds uh, you know but the nine guys who played the only guy who didn't have an assist today was Duncan so they got great distribution with their assists. But the problem is when, when they don't have Dragic or Jimmy out there, it's just they're just trying to survive the minutes. It's like they're, yep. they're getting into a half-court set, trying to milk the clock and hope that maybe Iguodala can find a cutter. I hope they, Kelly can
0: hit a three. Or
1: Kelly can hit a three and bail them out, which he did a lot today. And but Jay then,
0: bailed them out a lot today as well.
1: Right, but you don't want this consistently. And again, I look at the numbers of the threes. Okay, they took 45 threes, you know, against Toronto. It's a lot. Now, they, made, they made 31%. Oh, sorry. They, they, they made, they made uh, what was it, 31% of them, which is okay. I mean, it's not, it, you know, the rate, you know, you want to be closer to 35 if you can, particularly at that kind of volume. But you look at the guys who took them. I mean, Jay took 10 and he made four. You're not going to complain about that, but it is, it is a lot, okay? Um, and then you take a look at, you know, uh, you know, the other guys that they had here. You know, again, Olenek took 11 threes. He made four. I mean, he's amazing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's com slash Miami Heat. Making a ton of threes lately, but it's just, I feel like their offense suddenly becomes offense, which is a very free-flowing offense, becomes a bailout offense when they don't have a ball handler who's at least, you know, getting it organized. Okay. And and there's only so much you can rely on. The Kelly O'Linick bailout threes, all right, or yeah. you know, or even even to you know the Jay Crowder bailout threes, it's just not something you want. Um, I I think that Tyler Hero is going to get to a point, and I think this is part of what they're trying to fast track, where he can be a trigger on a second unit if those got if if you don't have Dragic, you don't have Jimmy, and especially if you don't additionally if you don't have Bam, but they're not there yet. And I also don't I think the one place that Kendrick, um. Kendrick has impressed and surprised me and everybody else in every way from how far he's come. But the one place that I'm a little surprised hasn't developed is when we watched him in summer league and Alex and I were out there, you know, with Nikias. he looked like a point guard. Like he played like a point guard. I mean, he was playing with Tyler hero. The ball was in Kendrick's hands all the time. Yes. He had a quick trigger on the three, but he was running that offense in summer league. I've never felt Like he's been running the offense with the Heat, it 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 does it feels like he's become well you know what in ultimately will be a Lou Williams like kind of sixth sixth or seventh man um, who can get you quick points who's who can be deadly from the mid range who can who can hit the three get to the rim occasionally but he doesn't play like a point guard and it doesn't seem like they've even really tried to bring that out of him since summer league. So Do you feel and, like they've given they up survive on those minutes. What's that? Do you feel like they've given up on him being a point guard? I, I don't know, but it's, it's interesting because I, I viewed him as, as a more of a true point. And now we talk about him like he's a two, right? Which is undersized Definitely. two. He's an undersized two. And, and for him to,
0: this team with him as a six man and a, uh, a two way point guard would be, would be lethal. The problem is neither of their point guards, are two-way players, right? and that's where that's where the conundrum comes in, and that's why, yeah, you'd hope that Tyler Hero can become that guy, but there were two minutes there where Tyler Hero and Nunn were both asked to be that guy in the fourth quarter, and they they uh, got outscored by eight points, mm-hmm. yeah. where they couldn't create anything for themselves offensively, and neither of them are the kind of defender that you want out there without a Jimmy or a Bam behind them, so I... I felt like it was a mistake as far as rotations are concerned, but at the same time, it's the regular season, the eight game. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how much they care about where they're seated because I don't know if you know who you want to play more right now.
1: Well, I also think that there's been a surprise because Indiana, TJ Warren went off again today. So, I mean, he's scored about 90 points in the first two games. Uh, I, and, and I, you know, Indiana, look, they beat a, like a, a beaten up Washington team with no Beal and no Bertans, but – but they've won their first couple. There are very few teams that have won both games in the bubble. Uh, in fact, in the West, I was seeing. I'm watching you know, Memphis come back on New Orleans right now. But you, you watch in the West, the only team that's won both games in the West has been Houston, um, mm-hmm. and and they had to. You know, they, I mean, they. I mean, they, they were impressive wins. Okay, the the comeback against Dallas and then beating Milwaukee. They're the only team that's won both games in the West. It feels like all of these teams they're playing at a pretty high level, all things considered. But they're sort of all working out the rust and they're going to have ups and downs. And that's why I do think you feel pretty good overall just cycling back to the way that the Heat played today. I, I, in the sense that I don't think they played particularly well. They weren't making a lot of their shots, but they were in it. Their bench dominated, which is something that you want to see. Um, and and they, they really, you know, with, with kind of a, a so-so game from Bam, Jimmy making mistakes down the stretch... Um, Robinson, a complete non-factor because he was taken out of it. None playing an awful game. I mean, that's four of their core guys, yep. and they, they were right there. So I, I think you can be somewhat sunny about this. The other thing, as you mentioned, that they held you know Denver, and everybody was poo-pooing that because Denver had no guards, and Denver beat Oklahoma City today, uh, which has been one of the hottest teams in the league. It took them overtime to do it, but Michael Porter Jr. Uh, went off and, and had in the 30s. So I do think overall you can look positively at this, but I do think also going forward, we look beyond this year. I think it is raising the question about whether or not the heat can sort of go point guardless deep into the future. I, I think that's an episode we should talk about. Uh, you know, we should, we should do entirely devoted to that. Cause that's essentially the decision they made this year. Like, we're, you know, none's not a point guard certainly Duncan's not a point guard. Jimmy's kind of Jimmy and Bam are kind of handling the responsibilities. We moved Dragic to the bench. He was never really a true point guard, but he was kind of a one and a half. They don't really have a point guard, right? I mean, they, you know, and, and and I'm just wondering, Alf, we talk a lot about all these two guards, Oladipo and Beal and Mitchell. Maybe they need a point guard. Like, right. I mean, listen, do you remember who I wanted more than anybody
0: was drew holiday?
1: Yeah. well he's not a point well he was a point guard he's and i
0: i think on he's this one team, and a half now on this team he could definitely be a point guard well he's I mean, more
1: of a point guard than anybody they have than but anybody on
0: this team and he's a two-way i mean on he's probably a better defensive player than he's an offensive player and he's yes. he's, he's he's i think he's a better offensive player than kendrick nunn um well I
1: mean, well, well i mean he's more polished yeah more I
0: mean, polished and I you're mean, talking
1: he's done it at the highest level so yes. and you're
0: talking about an elite defender right so that's the kind of guy when you look at the if you're if you're looking at the offensive weapons that the heat have the kind of guy you need is an a defensive minded like back in the day a Derek fisher type where you know he could sit there and he could he could he could spot up from three but what you really wanted it was a strength and defense on the on the defensive end and the fact that he can handle distribute and he was you know you weren't worried about him losing the ball uh over the half court line like he he knew what he was doing on offense, but he he made his mark defensively and spotting up at the three. Mm-hmm. Um, the Heat could use one of those kinds of guys because offensively they have Jimmy and Bam in the starting lineup, and the second unit they have Drogic. Um, but it, it's it's that def- defensive minded point guard, but also but overall, like you're saying, I, like you can't come away with from these two games feeling too despondent. I mean. They, they've they've showed that they they're they're they've they have they have what it takes defensively. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's relying on one of the best offenses in the league to come back to form. Yep. And if they made a few of the wide open three pointers they created in the first half, right? And the uh, I, I don't want to do the ref thing, but they were awful, right? right. And a right. few calls go the other way, we feel completely different right now.
1: Well, they're going to be off. They're going to be awful, Alf. And I I think so. That's why I'm not. I mean, this is a strange circumstance for the officials, too. And and obviously that the flagrant you know, in a lot of ways. And since I did the episode with Alex, it since came out that the official basically acknowledged that he made a mistake on the flagrant call of the Linux so against Lowry, which, which was just <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, Lowry's going to miss six to eight weeks. or uh, He's not, uh, it, it, it was a ridiculous call, but I, I do think overall, you look at this in a positive sense, but I just want to close the loop on the point guard thing, because I, I think it's interesting. You brought this up and we will do a longer episode on this. You know, even when Dragic gets it going like he did today and he was tremendous. Okay. And I, and I, I said earlier in the episode uh you know that he had he had jump and you can tell from the first 3 minutes with Goran if he's going to be aggressive or not and he was and he was also really good defensively too he played a terrific game he but even, even when he does that he doesn't really play like a point guard and, and I think Goran, you know, they've identified this role for Goran, which is this is what, you know, even someone, I, I think Mark Jackson called him a very poor man's Ginobili, which is an insult, okay? He's not Ginobili, but he's not a very poor man's Ginobili. But Manu was not a point guard either. Manu was just a player, okay? Yeah. He was just a player, like, who created bursts for you, right? Like, who, Gor, more than anybody else on this team, Goran can create these little, what Spo used to call skirmishes, right? These little, like, these little bursts where all of a sudden, Wait, Goran's got 11 in the quarter, okay? And, and all of a sudden, he brought you back in the game. He did that against the Lakers earlier this year. He did that against a bunch of teams. But even when he does that, you're not really expecting Goran to set up other guys. It's not – he's never been a high assist guy. He, he's never been that kind of point guard. He's just a really good guard offensively. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things they need to look at in the offseason, especially if they're going to re-sign Goron, and he's going to be playing off the ball a little bit more, and he's gotten very good at that spot-up jumper, is getting a guy who is not just, as you mentioned, a defender, which they need, but someone who for 20 to 25 minutes of the game can just organize their offense, just organize it. And and I don't, you know, I mean, this is why, you know, when people were talking Chris Paul and we said the off, you know, I didn't think Chris Paul was going to have an MVP-type season like he's had, um the contract looked awful, but you can say that like if you put a guy like Chris Paul on this team, it looks totally different. It just oh, does. yeah yeah you know and, and you 're not going to get chris paul, but i I think they need to look you know i mean, I look at the guy on the other side today in Toronto, and I say if they 're going to pay van Vliet, if they 're going to decide to keep a maybe they 'll move lowry i mean i that 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 may be we we keep we keep talking about two guards, but it 's like to me like Bradley Beal, as great as he is, he's like candy. I mean, they, they already have not as yeah. good as him, but they have what he provides, okay?
0: They have shooting.
1: They have shooting. They have elite shooting. But
0: what I will tell you with a Bradley Beal, and I know we're, we're about to close here, but a Bradley Beal, uh, when he's engaged, is one of the best guard defenders in the league. I know he wasn't great this year, but he also had a lot of uh, responsibility offensively, and we forget mm-hmm. that sometimes when we grade guys. But when he, when he was playing with John Wall... And he had to guard other, uh, other, uh, other elite guards in this league, mm-hmm. and he didn't have to do all the all, all the scoring on his own. He was really, really, really good defensively. Yes. Um. So that. he's he's the kind of guy that you put out there with a Jimmy Butler that could do some of those things, and also take some of the offensive load off of Jimmy. Where maybe you know maybe you do go point guardless, but I agree with you. I think they need their Derek Fisher type point guard. I really do. I I think that's that's kind of the model
1: uh, when I think about it. Well, a Rio. Guy, I mean, even a Rio, like a yeah, guy. who can not, not thirty six year old Rio? But I'm saying even a guy and and, and Mario organized, like you system. said,
0: organized. I like the I like the term organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a guy that you don't feel like they're scrambling uh, without Goron or Jimmy h- handling the ball, and that's what it felt like today when those guys were out. It felt like there was like this weird offensive scramble.
1: And look, it doesn't even need to be – maybe it doesn't even need to be an elite guy if they want to address other needs. I mean, I would take an Ish Smith off the bench. Like, I would take just somebody who's a professional point guard, a DJ Augustine. I mean, again, these. I'm not saying to go for those specific names, but I'm saying that they don't – they really don't have that piece. And it feels like if you look at their roster, really since the Big E3 era started, and I go – Rio, you know, I mentioned Rio, but they de-emphasize that. For a team that – you know that is managed by a guy in Pat Riley whose belief was go get the big guy, go get the center morning and then go get the point guard to pair him with and Hardaway, They've gotten totally away from that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, again, it is the specialization of the organization, which in a lot of ways has been very, very positive and the development and all that. I give Eric the majority of the credit for that. But I just wonder at some point you get so positionless. And then you mentioned there are some sequences where it's like, okay, what's happening here on offense? Like, are we really expecting Andre Iguodala to set the tempo on the offense at age 36? Yeah. <laughs> like, is that and, – and I know offense is not their biggest problem, but I'm with you on the eye test. I, I, I do not want to see any non-Dragic, non-Jimmy uh, Minutes anymore. Not with, not with this group. It, doesn't, it just doesn't – maybe if they have Anish Smith, yes, somebody like that, but not with this group. All right, thanks for joining us on Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Thanks for joining us on all the podcast feeds. If you got us that way, check out 5 We're going to be right back, okay? Uh, I'm likely, I don't want to jinx it, likely going to be in the building for some games on Tuesday, including Heat Celtics. Not going to jinx it, staying in my room tonight. Uh, hopefully all of that works out. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the 5 on the Floor on the 5 Reasons Sports Network.